0: Welcome back to another episode of Over the Glass. I am your host Jay.
1: I'm Nessa. Welcome back.
0: <clears throat> and you missed a really good game yesterday.
1: I know. Such I watched the highlights game. at least. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, i i watched I watched it just a bit ago again, just to because they just kind of like they started out. Like they were turning it over left and right and then like Eichel just got like a really nice feed and then They just you know, they were doing what we'd expect them to do and then in the like third period like the Knights Just kind of just started like I don't know what they were doing It kind of gave me feelings of Like our Stanley Cup run where I couldn't believe what was happening 'Cause I was just like, no, I just, like didn't expect that at all. Like I wasn't even upset that they were losing. And then when they started winning, I was, I was like, hold on, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it started making me think about how we were talking in the last episode about um like expectations and yeah. Yeah. it really sort of made me think I was like, crap. Like if we start being good this season, crap. <laughs> I know. Like I don't
1: know how to feel about that. Cause me neither. I feel a little disappointment, which I shouldn't.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a weird feeling to have after that game because I was just like, "That was so cool," and oh no, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what
1: is what does this do for our like trajectory? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's just like we're already so accustomed to to expecting the disappointment of a losing season. When they start winning, you're like. Now what? You're like, ah, oh, <laughs> crap. That's that's not what was supposed to happen,
0: but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of bummed to see that the the women's U.S. national team and the the Canadian women's national team were playing at the same time. I didn't know they were playing. Yeah, I think they're doing, you know, like they do like the friendlies to... Get people interested, and you know, basically like promote women's um, hockey. Because I feel like something's coming up, but I can't. I can't put my finger on it. In any case, I, I was seeing, and then the women's uh, U.S. team won in the shootout. Yeah, so I was kind of bummed about that because that's one of those games that I definitely would have caught, but I'm like, oh, the
1: Sharks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And maybe if they were losing really terribly, I would have switched over, but then they had to go and, like, start killing it in the third, and I was like, well.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Did you say that's their best third period of the season? Four goals.
0: Probably, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, mean, because. Two empty netters, but.
0: That's true. That was kind of funny though, the because uh, I tweeted the picture of the Knights fans being like, "And with that, we're out." Just like a whole like when uh, by the time Ferraro got that empty netter, it was it looked like our like it looked like the shark tank, <laughs> <laughs> and it was super packed in the beginning of the game, and then yeah, by that time it, it sounded loud. Oh my god, I really hate when they're doing like what the is, announcing of who who scored. What is it? It they do like uh, the um slot machine sound. Oh. And I'm like, "Oh. That's corny." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "I guess yeah, it's Vegas, blah blah blah, whatever." But I was having some thoughts about Jones. Martin Jones. What kind of thoughts? Because right now he's on a one-year contract with Seattle, and as you Should pointed be? out, it's because Driggers is on IR, yes, and where the hell is that guy anyway? Like I, I, I haven't heard anything out of Seattle about him, but mm. um, Driggers is on a two-year contract. I mean, with Jones like popping off like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens to Drieger? Yeah. Like, it's interesting to think about. I feel like I don't really have perspective of Drieger before Seattle got him.
1: Me neither. But I don't even remember what team he he played he on. He was on the Panthers. Oh. But there was a – like, he was projected to be the starting goalie until they last minute signed – Grubauer was he though I'm pretty sure he was like ready to be the starting goalie because they didn't really have anyone else like I think the Kraken had drafted um was it the Caps like backup goalie as well and he didn't even do well last season I can't remember his name
0: yeah didn't they get him and then when they They were trying to sign him he was like meh I want to go back
1: No, no, no. What had happened was Grubauer became available. He became a free agent, so they ended up signing Grubauer because he was like the Vesna Trophy winner from the year before. So Mm. like, hell yeah, we're gonna sign him. And then they had too many goalies, so then they ended up trading the Capitals. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, because I remember that there was some
0: player who just went back to (laughs) the team that they. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, because. Wasn't Grubauer asking for more than the Avs were willing to pay for him?
1: Maybe. I honestly don't remember how that whole thing went
0: down. I think that might have been the case, um, which I guess in their, for them, that kind of worked out because in the next season they win the cup. So,
1: eh, and then, uh, and then. Grubauer didn't have a very good season last year.
0: But then this I don't year, even know
1: how he's doing this this year. I just know Jonesy is doing really well. Well,
0: I mean cuz Grubauer is still on IR. Like he went down really early in the season, that's why Jones started taking over. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So and then they brought up um what's his name? Joey The Decord? DeCord? Yeah. But now they sent him back down cuz I think Oh, they got Helberg back. (laughs) They grabbed him off of waivers again. (laughs) From Uh um, the senators, put him on waivers, and Seattle decided, no, we want him back now.
1: Wait, who is, which one was Helberg? Magnus Helberg.
0: He had those killer pads, and then they sent him down, and then the senators (laughs) grabbed him, and then they sent him back down, and then Seattle grabbed him. So I, I think that's why. One of the reasons. Uh, and then looks like Grubauer is probably about ready to come back. But it's interesting. I just had a thought this morning. Um, you miss Nick Chichek's debut. He was pretty,
1: he is I pretty did. good.
0: And then Randy had mentioned on the broadcast that he may be the first, he's got dual citizenship with uh with Turkey. So he might be huh. the first Turkish player, player in the NHL. NHL.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: Um what's his bucket from I think it's ESPN. I don't know his name off the top of my head. Um but he had tweeted I I had tweeted about it late last night, his tweet. I think it was in Turkish um and he was congratulating um Cicek. Um on his NHL debut and all that. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um did you get a chance to read or see anything about Rachel Dory?
1: I listened to the podcast, not mm-hmm. the whole thing, but like the begin- like maybe three quarters of it. Thoughts. Questions, concerns. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's upsetting that apparently whatever happened was so. I like if you've if you've followed her. I mean, she was basically per like on the trajectory to like have an impact in in hockey. I mean, she got her. I think it's her masters in like sports analytics or like something like that. So I mean. She was eat, breathing, living hockey, and, you know, whatever opinions folks have from her past experiences with the Devils or any other aspect of hockey, I mean, I think majority of folks who have an issue with her is the very obvious reason is just misogyny, but, Mm -hmm. like, I was a fan of her. I mean, I'm a fan of her. And for her to have gotten that position with the Canucks, it was just like that was her big moment. And then, I mean, she got, what, hired early in the year. And then by the time that she moved over, I think she was only living in Vancouver for like a few months before all of this happened. I think it was only a month. Yeah. And, I mean, on top of losing your job... However it happened, it being like probably the biggest moment in your in your professional career and then going through legal matters, I'm like, I can't. And then on top of that, she was mentioned that she's going through, you know, some health issues. <sighs> like, it's sad to think that somebody whose dream was to make it. In in like the front office aspect of hockey is now like I don't want to do anything in
1: hockey now. Like yeah, she's it's like pretty the sad. Sport was ruined for me. And she's like, she was talking about her love for soccer, and she was like, I wouldn't want to get a job in soccer because I don't want another sport ruined for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I am I am genuinely curious to know what went down for her to feel the way she feels. I think if maybe we, that makes me nosy, but like,
0: <laughs> yeah, like I think if we if the public gets any sort of information, it won't be for some time. Um, yeah, for
1: sure. These legal things take some time. Yeah, I think I guess my question now is if she ever changes her mind about coming back to the NHL to work in something, will other teams be open to hiring her? I think it'll
0: depend on what happens with the legal proceedings, Um, because right now no one knows anything. Um, Right. Like, they don't know if it's the Canucks organization who messed up. They don't know if it's because she did something like, yeah. Anyways. World Cup.
1: Did that start? I I have been so like out of the loop in everything right now because I (laughs) I am moving in two days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just my mind is all over the place. Yeah, I haven't even started packing yet. Like I'm just so stressed thinking about packing. (laughs) Well, the World Cup is starting
0: on the twentieth in one of the most controversial places to have the Mm -hmm. World Cup. And uh, I saw briefly they were, I mean, someone who's in Qatar and then about the safety of um, folks who do want to come to the World Cup. And, yeah, no. (laughs) My feelings with Qatar are very similar to how I feel about when people – want to go to places like a certain country that's invading another country right now and (sighs) a certain country that is um has has another dictator at their helm like people who find it fascinating to go to those places I'm like you're very privileged to think that way not that I can say I've been in any situations where I felt like my life was you know in danger but when you see the stories that come out or even like I remember like a year ago or something like that somebody would like must have been no further than Sacramento I want to say it was somewhere in the Bay Area it was like a trans man who was just like breaking up like some um argument that happened like at some restaurant or something and then he got like hate crimes. Like, even as close as our our home, where we have some of the most progressive protections for LGBTQ people, like, that can still happen. So yeah. my perspective on going somewhere where none of those rights are there, none of those protections, like, it's it's a huge privilege for somebody to be fascinated to go somewhere like that. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not a huge... Soccer fan, so I mean, if there was a if if it if it happens, what in like a couple of years isn't like the next World Cup we're gonna have it uh, here, so it's in north yes. the North. So like, yeah, of course I'll go travel for that or somewhere yes. where you know I won't worry about my safety, but.
1: Oh my god! Um, Should we go together? I've never been into a professional soccer game, and I was really, I was really excited to see that Levi Stadium was chosen for one of the, the.
0: Depending on who plays there, I wouldn't mind traveling for. Uh... Yeah,
1: I wouldn't mind going to Seattle. I wouldn't mind coming back to Vancouver. Like I will, I will travel. Go down to LA. I'm sure LA is gonna have some decent, decent teams. Because that's
0: the whole reason why I, I went to Winnipeg. Once upon a time was to go to the women's world cup. This was 2014, twenty fourteen, yeah, twenty fourteen, when the women's world cup was in Canada.
1: Oh, and so understand. me
0: and a good friend of mine who's Huge soccer fan, like big Quakes fan. The whole reason why, like, I go to Quakes games when they announced that they were gonna be playing in Canada. Like, yeah, we'll travel for it. But the problem was we had to wait for them to release their schedule because we had no idea where they would be even playing. Like, Mm -hmm. we could say, like, oh yeah, let's go travel to Vancouver. But if they don't have no games there yet, like, so (laughs) we're basically. Like, waiting up until the week. Like, they had the dates, but they didn't know where the teams would be playing. So, we didn't know where the U.S. was going to be. And we only had a week that worked out for both our schedules. And it was during the preliminaries. And so, we're like, okay, wherever they play in the preliminaries, that's where we're going to book our tickets, book our hotel, book, like, everything. (laughs) And it ended up being Winnipeg. And we were like, (laughs) Winnipeg? And I remember looking at lodging before the schedule was announced and there was like a bunch of like, places you could, you know, like hotels and and, and motels and, and stuff like that. And but the t- but at the moment that they released the schedule, it was just like sold out, sold out, like everywhere. We were getting yeah. to the point where we're like, oh, my God, are we even going to be able to go <laughs> like and we were at the point where we're like, we will sleep in the airport. We just want to go to a game. Uh, we were thinking about, like, what if we, like, rent a car and we get a hotel in, in the next nearest uh, city?
1: Oh. And we were looking
0: at places like, what if we, like, stay in Minnesota and then we drive across the, the border? Uh, we managed to find an Airbnb that had, like, one room left. We're like, yes! <laughs> so we managed it. We only stayed for, like, the weekend. But um, anyways, not to not to ramble on about it. But yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Um, but the reason why I'm wearing the German national jersey is because, yes, I did live there, but it's also the reason why I started watching soccer. Because you lived there? Yes, because they, like, I mean, here, I didn't really know anybody who watched soccer. It was pretty much, like, similar to how I couldn't find people who watched hockey.
1: You need more Latin friends.
0: (laughs) I guess. Well, I mean, the time has come and passed, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I didn't even watch when they when they would be in the Olympics because it was just like,
1: mm-hmm. like I don't. The Olympics aren't really a big deal in the soccer world, though. It's always always about the World Cup.
0: But the men's team pretty much never makes it to the World Cup, and then so they you... do.
1: It's just been a little... it's been a while.
0: So, but then the women do. But then I'm coming from the perspective of like, I don't really know anybody who watches soccer, period, at the time. So it wasn't until I went to Europe where it's like a religion there to watch soccer. And the years I was there, they had the Euro Cup. So you couldn't really go anywhere without seeing a game. Even places that... Didn't have a TV, suddenly had a TV, and we're suddenly playing the game. So, and then people are just like all decked out in the German colors, in in like apparel, all this stuff. So it's all around. Everyone's talking about it, and then and then I went to a game between like local teams. And so it was really the first time somebody had introduced me to the sport, had taken me to a game, had like... So in, in that time that I was there, I was just like surrounded by soccer. And so I got really yeah. into it. I remember that was also the year that the women's... The U.S. women's national team went up against Japan. And that was, I think, in Frankfurt... And even my landlord told me about it. I didn't even know about it. He was asking me like, "Oh, are you gonna watch the women's uh, soccer team?" And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> like he knew more about it. So like even then, like I like had I been a fan as I am now, with at least primarily watching women's soccer, I would have probably wa- wanted to get tickets to that game. But I had no like no perspective of Mm -hmm. soccer or interest or anything like that so one of my favorite players ended up being on the German national team so there's just like a lot of intersections about why like of course I'm rooting for the U.S. like that's a given but there's a special
1: place in my heart for the German national team got it so the U.S. men's team is playing in the World Cup I just looked it up (laughs) apparently look check out this headline that popped up when i looked it up u.s men's soccer team redesigns red white and blue shield to support lgbtq community ahead of world cup Mm -hmm. so they got i did see that so good for them protest as much as you can because fuck that oh bleep that out censor it i
0: was just kidding. Yeah, you kind of said that like a few times in the last episode, so Mm, we're already... My bad. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I I was really frustrated last episode, if you couldn't tell. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Like, I will leave with this thought that um, since you brought that up, I am curious about if there's any out players on any of the national men's teams because we know there's a bunch on the women's teams but that's not a current concern <laughs> there's nothing new yeah
1: yeah uh i don't know because they might be worse than in hockey with the yeah. whole homophobic stuff anyways well, so i'm hoping for the next world cup if they can get their shit together if el salvador makes it to the world cup and it's in north america i am going to travel to go watch them <laughs> yeah so the last time the El Salvador made it into the World Cup was probably back in the 80s mm. it's been a while mm-hmm. but it's like this whole thing it's been corrupt and like blah 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 whatever they're slowly coming out of these things <laughs> well we wish them luck
0: getting there <clears throat> thanks <laughs> um, do we want to dive into the pop culture stuff
1: sure so we're gonna one of i think our first episode i had mentioned talking about a movie called strange world that disney's putting out the movie is finally coming out next week and it's for sure for sure confirmed that he is so the story isn't about the black kid he is the son of the main character but he is going to be gay in the movie like it is confirmed, confirmed. Go watch it, whatever. Tell, tell us what you think. I don't know, I have no thoughts on it really, other than it looks good. Like the colors, the animation. My friend worked on it, I'm gonna support it regardless. Um, another movie I watched around Halloween time, so it's been like a couple weeks now, was Wendell and Wild on Netflix. And that one's stop motion animation, beautifully done lots of great representation the diversity is great it doesn't feel forced in any way it's really natural and it's not like it's a lot of characters uh and there is queer representation i don't know if i want to get too into it because it kind of it might spoil the movie a little bit but i was pleasantly surprised that part of the plot is no revealing okay no, but I think the way that they did it is like, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised, um, because it's not something that has ever been done in animation. Mm. That representation, if you if you get what I'm trying to say. No, I don't. <laughs> um, but okay, it's okay. <laughs> I need you to watch it and then tell me what you think on how it was done. I guess. Um, you know, like the main the main project protagonist wow is a black girl and she's like like a punk kind of re- rebellious i don't know it's cool uh you know there's there's latinos there's asians they don't specify what kind of Asian she is i don't think um, i don't know there's just all of this like representation and like i said it doesn't feel forced it's just like these people living in this town that she ends up moving to or back to and it's it's they're they're there you know they're they're living their lives. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I will say the story starts off really slow. But if you have an appreciation for animation like I do, you can be amazed on how they how they executed certain things. Cause like, you know, stop motion is literally everything done with your hands and puppets. So I don't know. I I really liked it, and it's um, Jordan Peele. And Keegan Key, right? That's his name. But yeah, it's good. Go watch it. Tell me what you think.
0: I just have to point out you're like cosplaying Jake from last episode.
1: Am I? <laughs> no, I gotta make the <laughs> line.
0: It's the same outfit though. You just need a beanie.
1: <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he was wearing a flannel. It's yeah, the same right? difference.
0: It's the same color scheme, same flannel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoops. I was like, I want to be comfy. This is one of my comfiest sweaters. I'm wearing the super comfy. Um it's got fleece and yeah, knit. That on. looks very like like you got money. Mm. No, no.
0: <laughs> you this got was, the
1: brand new Germ like Germany. This is not brand jersey. new. This
0: is like at least ten years old. I watched bros the other day and um it was fun. It was enjoyable. Um, There was a lot of representation in it, um, especially like the main character, he's part of like committee working for the local LGBTQ um, organization who's like trying to open up a museum for LGBTQ history. And it's a comedy, so they like have jokes along the way. Um, I really liked that they had um, a diverse committee. They had like couple of trans folks, people of color. Um, I will say that I understand from the reviews that I've read about like how it kind of leans on stereotypes because the main character, he, his love interest is like a jock and they also have like intersections of how they bring up grinder and how like gay men's culture is like just about being promiscuous and like things like that. It's a movie that I appreciate and I enjoyed. But we always kind of want to be creating, I guess, more meaningful media for the community. And I'm not saying that if that's your jam, cool, cool beans. I, But I was expecting much worse because I've seen much worse um, movies and shows being made. Granted, those were written by cis straight people more times than not so they kind of like oh this is gay people and so they lean (laughs) on that as their storyline and then it's just like really cringe so i will say that that was my that was my expectation coming into it and then when it wasn't that i was like oh that's nice but i can kind of see where folks are could be a little upset about it um the hockey scene in there that like people were talking about on twitter it's really not that big (laughs) It's really not I was expecting it to be like, oh, it's gonna have like people playing hockey and maybe there's gonna be like a flashback of like one of the characters and, and stuff. The whole thing is like the love interest. He was from upstate New York and like he played hockey for a time. His boyhood crush was also on the team. Um and then the scene with like the Rangers related, um portion. It's just towards the end, there's there's a hookup, and then the guy that he hooks up with. It's it's set in New York, so it makes sense. Like, yeah, you're going to be a big fan, and he had all this, like, Rangers memorabilia in his room. So I was like, oh, okay, is that what people were talking about? Like, uh, all right, whatever. If you're looking for just a chill comedy that's got a lot of, like, queer representation and kind of, like, inside community uh, jokes like I, I would watch it but it's not one where I'm just like oh yeah I'm going to put it on my shelf it's, it's one of my favorites it's just fun Yeah. Um, unlike Shorzy <laughs> 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 nice segue um, it's just not fun had I just been looking for a show and stumbled upon it because people were talking about it being about hockey I probably would have stopped where I had to stop in like the first episode. I was like 10 minutes in and it's only six episodes and they're like 20 minutes each. And so I had to stop like 10 minutes in because I was just like, what is this? Because, okay, I don't have any experience watching what it had been a spinoff of. So I don't know anything about that um but the main character is supposed to be the guy that is like the reason why it got a spinoff and he's also played by the guy who created it he basically embodies everything that's annoying about hockey right now (laughs) he's the big loud dumb guy who when something happens he gets really upset he like He breaks his stick. He's just like shit talking to everybody. Like, like what I told you the other day that I don't think that there was one intelligent conversation. I am not exaggerating everything that came out of his mouth. I'm like, what are you even saying? (laughs) Like, you're just like, I just felt like anytime someone had a thought. He was telling them to shut up, or he was insulting them. And I can't imagine somebody who you want to have around so much would have that personality. Because I every time he opened up his mouth, I just wanted him to shut up so much because it was like, I was trying to like, oh, this person has a thought. Let's hear what they have to say. And the moment they start opening up their mouth, he's just like, shut up. Or he's just like shit talking them or he's putting them down. I can see how it's appealing for people in hockey, but it's also for the people that I like wouldn't have anything to do with.
1: I wonder how much of it depends on whether or not you watch Kenny. When it comes to them not introducing or letting like going deeper into the other characters he's around. All the
0: new characters are for that show. They're okay. I think Shorzy's the only one who comes from the original series.
1: I've only watched one episode of Leonard Kenny uh, with Chrissy because she she watched. I don't know if she watched the whole thing, but she was watching it for a little while. And, I mean, at least the episode I watched there were some funny bits in there you know and coincidentally it was the one where they were making fun of californians <laughs>
0: like i could see just... how that would be funny and i yeah. um i was skimming through an article that had comparisons to letter um kenny and how that show is set up differently like there's a different dynamic so mm-hmm. that might be coming into play because there's those other aspects of that show versus this one is centered around Shorzy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said, I think you have to like Shorzy to enjoy this show. Mm-hmm. And he was like the person I wanted to leave the show. <laughs> like, I want you to stop talking because
1: you're incredibly annoying. And yet you watch the whole thing.
0: I wouldn't say I watched it.
1: Yeah, I guess you just have to have that sort of sense of humor, quote unquote, if you like. But going back
0: to why I even considered analyzing in the first place is when we saw Ian Kennedy's article, and I read that. I had a chance to read it, and then I was like, okay, oh maybe this will be good to kind of like analyze and talk about. And it was just really hard to get through because I wanted it to get better, and it just Mm. never did. Like even when I talked about how when they introduced the the characters who come in to to fill in for the team in the second episode, I wanted to kind of learn about them, but then you don't ever really get to. One of the sort of funny things is they had three guys who they got on the team that were all named Jim. And there was this little thing where they were like, um, when Charzi's trying to recruit them. And then he's like, oh, what are you guys' names? And they all say they're Jim. And he's like, well, that's not going to work because I can't, if I say Jim, all well, you guys are going to look at me. And they're like, no, but we're Jim. So they were very like firm in their stance of like, because he wanted them to have nicknames. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, we're Jim. So what he ended up doing, which was kind of funny, is in episodes later down, if they're having a discussion or chime on something, and then they go and ask the opinions of Jim, he does it in like different octaves. He's mm-hmm. like Jim, 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 like he just does. And and they all kind of have like the first two Jims are just like, "Yep, uh huh," and the other one is just like, "Oh, thank you so much for you know asking for my opinion." You know, so it was just like a little bit of like that was probably the few times where I was like, "Ha." Huh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. But but you don't really get to dive into that, which I guess if we look at hockey culture at this moment, it kind of makes sense, right? Because we don't really get to see personality. And that's kind of projected in this media where we
1: kind of get a little bit of it or even like the thing we were discussing with Elena before we hopped on this recording, it's like when someone is quote unquote problematic, and then they say, "Oh, it's they just have a big personality," and something yeah. and it rubs people the wrong way, and it's like blaming personality for yeah for someone having issues with people in the locker room. When why do that? Like you're you're. Uh, I don't know, demonizing the fact that someone has a personality? Like, no, that's a good thing. (laughs) Alright, so 1 out of 10 rating. Oh my god. (laughs) A 1.
0: I am never watching that show again. Oh, on top of that, there is this moment for, I was loving the 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 women managers and whatever scene that comes in where they come into the locker room. I think it was after a game and they were all eating like their ice creams because that was like a thing that they decided that they would do after a game. They come in and they're looking around the room and one of them was like, this is the gayest shit. And I'm like, okay. Oh no. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So it's like hard to celebrate the inclusivity, supposed inclusivity and diversity of people of color. Mm-hmm. when they're perpetuating the same exhausting hockey culture. Definitely would not recommend.
1: A couple of other shows, I don't, I don't even remember if I ever really had the opportunity to talk too much about. I know we've mentioned them, or I have, but have you have you had a chance to watch A League of Their Own? No. I really enjoyed that uh, show. Chrissy, my girlfriend, is a very big fan of the movie from the when did it come out? The nineties? Eighties? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tom Hanks was in it. Yeah. She loves she grew up playing softball. She was she was a a decent, like, baseball fan, whatever. Um I think it's probably one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> like it's historically i i think i heard somewhere that the writer the director the creators whatever wanted to do the stories of these women justice and in a way that they wanted to tell their stories as closely um as like possible as how they happened in real life right obviously there's going to be some dramatization for like entertainment purposes but it's Like, you can see how similar it is to the movie, but at the same time, they go deeper into certain issues. um, And, like, things just happen differently in the show than they did in the movie. Like, the movie is fun and this and that, whereas this one obviously gets into, like, more serious issues about how, you know, racism was still, still a thing then, and then misogyny was still a thing then, and... Like, queer people were just not allowed to be out, like, at all. Like, they used to have, um, what are the, I can't remember the name of these places, but it was, like, hidden clubs, basically, that you would go, you would say a, a certain password or a phrase, and they'll let you in, because then you, then they know that you're a part of the community. Mm-hmm. You go in, and it's, like, people had to hang out in hiding, And I I am pretty sure I've read about this. This used to happen all the time, but it was it was it was interesting to see it in the show how how they dealt with it and and like how they had to hide from people, right? Because it was illegal to to be queer. Um, and the fact that like you know one of the characters that you follow is is a black woman, and she goes to a uh I don't know if it was a grocery store or like a a butcher or something. She's just trying to get some no cuz she's trying to get fish of some sort. Lobsters, whatever. She goes to try and get this food and like where she normally goes to like one of the the black people she she that's part of the neighborhood that sells the the lobster or whatever accidentally gave her her lobsters to someone else. So she has to go to like the the white part of town. And the dude behind the counter completely ignores her, like doesn't even acknowledge that she's there. You know, and it's like really infuriating, like these things that happen in real life that no one likes to talk about in media nowadays. And it's like, yeah, that happened. Like you should feel uncomfortable, you know. But then there are other parts of it that are super enjoyable about, you know, the queer representation. Obviously, it sucks that they had to hide, but it's there and it's like trying to hide from from their teammates because you don't know how they're gonna react or finding out that some of their other teammates are also queer. And it's, I don't know, it's a really well done show. I think, I think you should find a way to watch it. Um, another one I've watched uh, while I've been here in Vancouver was uh, Only Murders in the Building, which I wouldn't say there's that queer representation per se. Like that's not why you would watch it like at all. like. There's some representation in there, but it's it feels very much like, oh, we'll put this in so to say that we did it type thing. But the show itself is fun, you know, it's like a murder mystery, but I'm not into a lot of like heavy shows, especially right now that I've been going through a lot. I don't want heavy stuff on my mind when I already have heavy stuff on my mind. This one is like a lighthearted like yes, these murders happen, they do shows, a little bit of gore. But these characters are trying to solve the mystery of how these murders happened. But it's Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Like it's fun. They're funny. They're it's a, it's a silly it's silly and cozy. That's that's the only way I can describe it. Those are my other two recommendations. Catch those. I think that one's on Hulu. Uh,
0: have you watched the half of it? No that one's good too. Um, the creator is the same one who did, I think about a decade before that called, um, Saving Face. Uh, so that'd be Alice Wu. So Saving Face is, um, brings in a lot of cultural aspects of the Asian American community, brings in aspects that, um, like the the Asian cultural aspect and how, like, I feel like, I mean, obviously, that experience is going to be different than somebody of a different um, ethnicity, who might also happen to be queer as well, because, you know, like, our ethnicities also play a role in how we um, navigate the world. So, for me personally, that was one that was always really, you know, near and dear to my heart. I mean, given that it's a bit older, you know, there's aspects of it where... Um, I wouldn't say are problematic, but like might be a little outdated now, but it was still super like impactful and um, wholesome at the time. And then she comes back and she has this newer one. The lead is again an Asian woman and then her love interest is, I mean, non-Asian. And it's just like, I loved... The flow of it is one that I would um, have watched again, like every now and then when I don't really want to watch something new. I just want something that feels like I can, um, it's comforting because you know what to expect. Um, so that was on, I think that's probably still on Netflix still. So that was really nice. Um, Feel Good is with the comedian Mae Martin, and I love them. Um, I think they're. Netflix show is renewed for a third season and it's kind of based loosely on their life because they're a comedian and then they had they have mental health struggles and they also had a um, they are a recovering drug addict Um, so they have that aspect of a life that's a bit like the the drama aspect of it on top of navigating a relation a queer relationship um, and then I'm sad to hear that Work in Progress is not getting renewed for a third season. I'm really bummed because one of the main characters, uh, is one of my favorites, Theo Germain, and what I enjoyed about that show is something that I think maybe, like, I know that I, I experienced it, and maybe you experienced it with the, um, being, a millennial and then you've got the Gen Z experience of growing up queer. We're kind of in the middle of having some of those rights and and freedoms of living openly, but we did it a little bit later in life. So like I didn't really um come into it until I was like in my 20s versus like Gen Z are kind of coming what... out
1: the womb like
0: here I am. Yeah. <laughs> so depending on where you grew up, now you might have even more Ability to be more free and to express who you are and whatever. And so the main character in work in progress is, I think at least in their mid to late forties, somewhere in that trajectory and their love interest is like in their twenties. So they have Mm -hmm. that dynamic where they kind of are bringing the two, um, generations within the community together and done in a way where it's just like everyday experiences that everyone can relate to and you just happen to be queer.
1: Would you be interested in doing a an episode where we kind of talk about our experiences and how we uh, came to terms with our queerness? Is that something we should do?
0: That would be a really long episode because... <laughs> I would have One to profession. I mean I wouldn't mind doing it but I would definitely have to consider how I could condense it for so it doesn't end up being 2 hours of me like like laying out the last two decades. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I mean everybody experiences this in their own way but in a nutshell like I've I've definitely um come to terms with all avenues of my gender expression, my gender identity, my sexual orientation—at different points, points in, in my yeah. life, and for very intricate reasons. Versus, I've met folks who, yeah. to to um, to go off of your phrase, just like out of the womb, they just know <laughs> exactly who they are. And I mean, yeah, you kind of get those. jealous
1: of that, right? Like. Man, you're so young and you came to terms with it so soon.
0: I mean, jealous is not the
1: right word, but...
0: Like, not to say that they don't go through parts where they reevaluate themselves and they, like, reconsider certain things. But, I mean, that's just the growing aspect of it. Like, we always need to continue learning. But for me, it's, like, it's, it's bizarre to look back over the last, like, 20 years, which is, like... I mean, granted, it's it goes back much further than that, but those last two decades would probably be the most the the time where I've been most active in seeking it out versus it being like because I always I always like to say to folks that you know I didn't become a queer non-binary person I've always been it's just you the journey of realizing that that's who you are and when I look back on things it's like that that was the moment there's all these little moments it's just yeah I had
1: no idea I am 100% curious to know your story so maybe we can do this because it's not something it's not something that I myself have experienced right because it took me one thing to figure out and that was it you had multiple things you needed to figure out (laughs) that's interesting that you say that that it took a moment
0: for you to be like, yes, I'm a, I mean, I, you identify as a bisexual woman. And that's interesting because I navigated that space for probably five to six years before I realized, no, that's not what it is. Hmm. So just to have a little something for, for our audience to, to, to chew on because <laughs> it was like for a long time, it was like, that is exactly who I am. Yep, that makes sense. And then things came along the way or just had me questioning that it's like, no, it's, that's not quite it. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Anyways. Oh my okay. God.
1: Yes. We're going to have to end this here. <laughs> otherwise, we will go on forever. Yeah. All Next right. Episode.
0: <laughs> okay. So that's it for this episode this week. Thank you for joining us. And as always, I am your host, Jay.
1: Nessa, sorry, I'm tired. And next
0: week we're gonna do another um,
1: um,
0: matchup preview. We're gonna have our friend Emmett, who is oh, yeah. um, a huge fan of the Leafs. He's gonna our, come on yeah. and <laughs> preview the Sharks Leafs matchup for that week. Alrighty, Till next time. Bye. Bye.